Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. All right, welcome one, welcome all, welcome anyone who identifies as being anything else. <laughs> all right, I am Katie Petrick, joined as always by David Furirazzo. And um, today's gonna be interesting because you have a high school in Maryland. They have, they're, they're having a, a rough week. They are facing some tough questions because a teacher mistakenly sent an email to all students that contains some sexually explicit photos. Oopsie is, uh, I think, an understatement. Yeah. Oopsie, David. Yeah, I always, I, I often, not always, I often like the word inadvertently. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I inadvertently dropped that pan on your head. No, <laughs> uh, a high school teacher mistakenly, inadvertently, emailed a message containing sexually explicit photos not to a person, but to all students. Oh my goodness. So in Washington, uh, principal of Dr. Henry A. Wise Junior High School in Upper Marlboro sent a letter Friday to families of students saying, an employee, there it is, inadvertently. Well, what are they gonna say, right? Emailed a message that includes sexually explicit photos to all Students, the letter added that the school administrators took immediate action to retract the correspondence. Katie, it's out there. Have you ever tried to retract an email once you hit send? Not anything with explicit photos because I would never send any explicit photos to anyone. All right. Uh, but, but like maybe there was a typo in me being the nerd that I am. I'm like, no. But what happened? <laughs> it said you're not you are. Right. Oh, well, that's <gasps> a typo is not what we're talking <gasps> about here oh, yes. because yes, sorry. Many, people's, many, many people saw the photos and shared them with others. <sighs> So the principal also asked that all students as responsible online citizens not share the photos by email, social media outlets, or other avenues, the letter stated, according to the station. And then, of course, the Prince George's uh, County Police Department, um, I was going to say got involved, but they're not planning on filing charges and is no longer investigating the matter. And I'm a little confused about that, Katie. That's that's just hey, it was inadvertent. It was an oh, oopsie. Okay. How is it? And some parents have questioned this. How is it that you would accidentally send any email that contained personal information or personal photos in this instance to all your students? Why are you using your I would assume work email to send explicit photos to anybody? Because if or on the flip side, if you're using your personal email, why does your personal email have the ability to email all students? Of course, it was inadvertent, mistaken, mistakenly. Yeah. And of course, as always, in the letter that they also sent out, they said that appropriate steps have been taken regarding the employee. How can there be appropriate steps taken regarding the employee other than to you know, hit them upside the head and say never, ever, ever email students collectively using your work email and then sending photos. I know that he wasn't intending to go to the students, but never use your work email to send out personal things like that. 
or too much do not have access up. to the student do not have the server list of the e student emails on your personal account anyway it none of it makes sense but again as the the letter also indicated um we sincerely regret this incident we sincerely regret this incident yeah. that's, that's how it always we sincerely and we take it utmost seriousness we are so serious about it like one president is so serious about classified documents i'll be watching for an update or a follow-up report on this because um appearing off camera a student was interviewed and said that the teacher is a very nice guy and mistakes happen in life and that some of his peers should have quote more of an adult mindset and see that the good outweighs the bad. So it doesn't matter what you do or what you send, if your good in the perception of the public outweighs the bad, then I don't know, it was inadvertent. <laughs> that's all we got. It was Jeez. inadvertent. So that's that's how it's gonna go. But was it inadvertent, David, for the story we're gonna cover next? Because we have a sixth grade field trip in Michigan ending with kids eating some pizza in a nightclub that's surrounded by stripper poles, or rather the stripper poles are within the nightclub. And now the school is saying, oops, it was just, it was just poor judgment. So mm, we're going to talk about that next. <sighs> the good old days of being in school and being all excited to go on field trips. I mean, you look forward to these days. This was the only time I would ever potentially, and it actually only happened one time, get a Lunchable for my lunch that day. It was a school field trip. I looked forward to it. And the pizza Lunchable was the best one. But now, apparently, they've taken lunch and activities at lunch to a whole new level yep. in this day and age because we had a school in a Michigan school district who had students end up not only having their pizza, but having their pole dance too. So we, <laughs> we had a Libs of TikTok Twitter account actually showed images of a middle school, well, several middle school students from Hart Middle School pole dancing recently. What? Pole dancing? How did this even potentially happen? Well, basically what happened, and we'll get to a video uh, where Andrew Weaver, who's a school trustee board member, actually talked about this, but he wrote a personal blog talking about this. This is how it kind of came to light. Students were taken to a restaurant with an attached lounge that ah. included stripper poles. So it's called Nikki's. Yep. And, you know, they were going to go eat pizza or whatnot. But, oh, there were so many of the students that right next door at Nikki's nightlife, uh, <laughs> the students went over there. And so <laughs> stripper poles were uh, uh, bound and um, the students used them. I think for some of them to their delight, I, I guess. Now, parents actually sent Andrew Weaver, again, trustee on that school board, sent him the images. And this took place actually back in November. So it's been a little while since this happened. And they originally were going to launch after attending the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. So it seemed like it was going to be the best field trip. These oh kids were going to go to the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Then they're going to have a little lunch. And instead... Yeah, you listen. These are the things that we have to just admit, have open, have put on an agenda at our meeting, give parents the opportunity to express their concerns. Because again, people now want to turn it into 
People are attacking the teacher. People are going after him. It's somehow political activist. It's none of that. It's parents that are just upset that their students were in an uh, environment that was unacceptable. And then other parents going, well, how do I know that my, when I sign a permission slip that they don't end up there? So that's why we need clear policies. We need to admit when we make mistakes. We just got to move forward. You're right. There's no one ringing the bell. Yeah, you can't go and undo Right. I mean, I understand that pizzeria didn't have room for probably, what, 100 children that are in the sixth grade. But um, when the teachers went in there and they saw the stripper poles, maybe they should have realized this is not appropriate for our kids. Yeah, but the kids were having fun. Well, the kids, the kids were probably like, woohoo! Uh, again, sixth grader, so in November, this is when that happened. But what he was talking about there, Weaver said the district was not transparent when the incident occurred, and they did not address the parents' concerns sufficiently. So he's just saying, like, you know, how is it that we got here, and how did we, you know, not communicate clearly what happened? Like, why is it so difficult for our schools to be transparent with parents and this and and mistakes happen he said a mistake was made and address it make sure you have policies to prevent it from happening if if there were to have been actual strippers in the building at the time that would be a whole another escalation of this but as soon as you see the stripper poles you should have just been like students we're going over here now like get them away from it but what happened um this trustee there weaver was the one who's going to get in trouble over all this because superintendent dr robert shaner said that he is going to consider legal action against weaver uh, the district said that on december 21st 2022 dr shaner provided the letter to the board of education the correspondence reinforced the need for a new board member to comply with board bylaws and the code of cooperation so that the district's focus can remain on the education of all RCS students. The letter did not include any threats, but it's mm -hmm. still the fact that the district is trying to not just say we bad, like are bad, we, we messed up, we will take care of it. When you have a board trustee who's like, I'm trying to speak on behalf of the parents and see what's actually going on here. Um. I'm reading further in this, and it says proposed field trips are evaluated by a curriculum team and require a parental guardian permission slip. But let's go back to what the libs of TikTok sent out. Um, a middle school teacher allegedly took students to a strip club. So allegedly they ended up in there, some of them. The school teacher didn't take them from what we know. In other words, the teacher didn't say, hey, Whoever can't fit in here, let's go into the bar, a strip club. Let's, but they're, they're, then the picture is the damning evidence. The picture is of these kids, and they're, hey, I'm trying this out. Don't tell me that these kids don't know what that is, and they're trying out these stripper poles, you know, for pole dancing. So this is one they they inadvertently must have must have got into the. See, I used that word. See how I slipped that in there, mm -hmm. but they got into this bar, nightclub, strip club, and. Um, yeah, the district has refused to address the issue. In the, so I like your point about transparency. Katie, I don't think we're going to see that because I, parents are coming to school board meetings now and they're just shutting them down sometimes and they're not really hearing what par concerned parents are saying. They, they would just rather say, uh, you know, no, no accountability. Uh, this may be all, and if, if, if there's damning evidence, oh, it's, it's one rare case. Coming up next, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, yes, is facing criticism from 
everyone, including the teachers union of all groups within Chicago, after she attempted to recruit public school students to help with her reelection efforts. And, you know, hey, give them a little extra credit for it. It's going to be interesting. Stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What more can you say? Yeah. You know what you're getting with her, which is a whole lot of nothing, at least nothing of quality, nothing good, only bad come, come from any of her ideas, any of her policy implementations or lack of policy implementations. It's Lori Lightfoot. Just, she needs a haircut, as she says. She deserves it. She's in the public eye, you know. Her words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> so instead Entitled of, anyone? Instead of her spending the time and energy and resources solving the mystery that is the crime problem of Chicago, it appears that she's now recruiting her legions or students to help with re-election. But hey, it's going to benefit them because they're going to get extra credit. Well, here's what happened. Local media got a hold of an email that was sent Oops, by Lightfoot's deputy campaign manager to an unknown number of teachers in Chicago public schools. What, what was in that lovely email? Mayor Lightfoot's campaign on the defense. ABC7 obtaining an email sent yesterday by Lightfoot's deputy campaign manager to an unknown number of CPS teachers. It asks them to please share this opportunity with their students about an externship program. The message goes on to say that they're looking for enthusiastic, curious, and hardworking young people eager to help Mayor Lightfoot win this spring. ABC7 political analyst Laura Washington says this is an indefensible and obvious ethical misstep. There, there doesn't be any intent, intent to do wrongdoing here, but it was certainly inappropriate. Uh, you don't ever mix politics with government and you don't ever ask a government agency that you oversee to get involved in your political campaign. Backlash has been swift, with several of the mayor's challengers speaking out against the move. Mayoral candidate Paul Vallis, who was the former head of CPS, demanding an independent inquiry in the form of a joint city and CPS inspector general investigation. You need to answer the questions. Did my campaign know it? Um, was I aware of it? Am I going to take action against those uh, who clearly violated uh, um, the ethical standards of both the city as well as the, the school dis district. Chicago's former inspector general tweeting, this is deeply, deeply problematic. Mayoral hopeful and Congressman Chewy Garcia tweeting in part, looks like desperate times call for desperate measures. So, Katie, what I'm trying to figure out and understand is how the Democrat Teachers Union in Chicago is saying it's an ethical failure when Lightfoot, a Democrat, is just wanting to use students to help her get reelected when they're gonna vote for her anyway. So this is interesting. So in a way they're saying, all right, we've got to, oh, if we have to, we'll draw the line somewhere. And that would be in students getting extra credit for helping elect Democrats. But I, you know, that's what they support. So that's a little confusing to me. Can you help me? No, well, please it, help me. <laughs> you need help. 
Lori Lightfoot needs more help. The the fact that Lori Lightfoot's campaign is trying to do this, when I was reading this story, it made me think of like, okay, you know, you do internships, you can do internships with like campaigns and all that, but an internship, which this is an externship, but the internship is maybe at the collegiate level, not down in the K-12 type level. There's no reason for any of these children and then to be offered extra credit on top of That's it. That's funny. Cherry on the cake, if you will, um, or the ice cream sundae. Uh, there's no reason for that campaign to be seeking children, but it goes along with everything else in our society where it's we seek the children to get them groomed, massaged, introduced, regular regularized to normalized to what is happening so if if hey even if those kids are just going and not doing anything they're not really working for the campaign they're not uh knocking on the doors but they're just kind of watching it happen that's pretty much the passivity of our education system to begin with where instead of the teacher having the students actually learn real things they're just being talked to about all the beliefs that they should believe and now now this is just being taken out of the classroom and into the political real realm itself and the kids are just going to sit and watch and be told like wait the way they should vote and how Lori lightfoot's the greatest human on earth well there are why, why yeah. they should be vote, voting for her mm-hmm. but the fact though that the teachers union actually said that this is her latest ethical failure that says a lot about yeah. how messed up she must the be entire really higher chicago infrastructure is because well look they, at the crime yeah for one well the, thing. here's the deal of what happened over the course of all of covid it, it the chicago teachers union was going like this like they were like kids should be in school kids should be out of school kids should be in school kids should be out of school Lori lightfoot kids should be in school kids should be out of school out of school it came to blows at one point with they were just trying to blame each other Lori lightfoot was trying to blame the teachers union the teachers union was trying to blame Lori lightfoot and so i think they just don't get along on a political voting I guess, Avenue, they would all vote Democrat no matter what. Of course. But personality-wise and all that, the teachers union and Lori Lightfoot, they don't get along. Okay, Lightfoot's team, by the way, calls this a common practice and a learning opportunity that's been offered by campaigns for Mm -hmm. decades. And let me just parenthetically insert here, take you back to the year 2010 in Madison, Wisconsin, when Wisconsin school teachers and the teachers unions allowed, they, they, took days off of school to go protest Governor Scott Walker, calling him Hitler and whatever. So they went to the Madison State Capitol to recall Walker, and they encouraged high school students, probably junior high students too, but they, they encouraged their students to go with them. So how is that different, although they can't say, okay, it wasn't a, an assignment, right? And they weren't given extra credit mainly, uh, but... They were encouraged to skip school and show up at Madison to protest. Well, and that would have been an actual demonstration slash protest for a city, like a government official, not him in his reelection campaign, where it's the actual campaigning part, not the government part. Good point. So that's where you could make that argument, which, again, we were were both around for that. And that whole thing is like... That was a debacle. If you don't know anything about the Wisconsin Capitol and in uh, all of that happened with yeah. Walker and the teachers union, it was, it was a hot, hot mess. But hey, Chicago's got it every day. Now uh, we're going to move on from Chicago because no one wants to stay there. And we're going to go right <laughs> ahead to our latest Babylon Bee headlines next. Stay right there. 
If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, before we wrap up the show for today, let's take a look at everyone's favorite satire, Cite the Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. Well, we picked our favorite headlines, and now you get to decide which one should be named Queen of the Hive. So let's start with WEF, that's the World Economic Forum, attendees discuss how to make eggs even more expensive. Next, second grader suspended for misgendering an M&M. Next, bullies stuff kid into locker for not giving his pronouns. Next, GoFundMe page started to help complete MLK statue. And finally, Harriet Tubman honored with statue of her left big toe. Katie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's a couple inches. They're not as funny as I thought. Yeah, uh, but for me this week, because I covered a lot of the topics that the Babylon Bee covered with the MLK statue, with the egg prices, with, and I, the one I didn't actually get to cover that I should have is the M&M. The second grader being suspended for misgendering an M&M probably is going to happen because it's an M&M. The fact that M&M's Mars has come out and said, oh, we have this new M&M, which is not an M&M. Isn't it a transgender M&M? Well, they, no, they're just putting all of the female M&M's into a package. Oh, okay, no males. No males. And it's upside down and how they're turning the world So instead of M, it's, it's W. If you turn the M upside well, you down, can do that, but the packaging W for whatever. woman. The moral of the story is <laughs> that um, a second grader probably will be suspended for misgendering an M&M. I'm going to go with that one. Although the big toe, I did. If you looked at the MLK statue, you might have opinions about it. That big toe one, um, yeah, they, yeah, the big toe looks better than what the MLK statue was that you just saw. And you can determine for yourself what you think that statue actually looks like. Well, on a more serious note, we talked on our podcast this week a lot about the World Economic Forum and the meeting over in Davos and all the world elites, the globalists, flying in their private jets over, to, over there to talk about climate change and how to control people and, you know, I mean, population control and how to do other things. They're going to raise energy costs and prices for us, whether it's at the pump or at the grocery store. This one, I would go with this because it's almost true. And that uh, they, they're not discussing necessarily how to make eggs even more, ex more expensive. But what they're trying to implement will raise costs. And that is what they're trying to do. You're not wrong. So, so that people will turn to the globalists and to the government. But this is a mess, friends. But anyway, that's going to wrap up our top headlines of the week. And of course, you can bank on more satire next time. Katie? All right. If you are a fan of our show, please do your thing. Like, 
comment, share if you're watching us on social media. Now for David and for myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.